0: Welcome to Mortgage Connects by MGIC, bringing you the latest insights from top mortgage professionals around the industry. My name is Dean Darzynski. I am the Vice President and Managing Director of the Pacific Region for MGIC, and I'm really happy to be joined today by Ryan Hills, uh, sitting here in Puyallup, Washington, which many people would look at and say, <laughs> pie loop but uh, that's an inside joke for us <laughs> locals. Uh, Ryan is the Regional Director of Movement Mortgage but also the host and CEO of the RE Source TV, which we're going to get into a little bit when uh, we get into our conversation. Uh, so thanks for joining me. We, we appreciate you taking time to join us on our podcast today.
1: Yeah, appreciate it, man. I'm excited to, to do long form all day long and hopefully people find this interesting. We'll see. <laughs> My hope too. I'm sure they'll let you know if, if it's not.
0: Yeah, I think it's always interesting to hear how people get into the mortgage business. I don't think anybody goes to college to become a mortgage professional, but uh, how did you find your way into the mortgage business and, and when did you enter the business?
1: Yeah, I think you're 100% right. I, I still have not met somebody that went to college <laughs> to to get into mortgage uh, and my story is completely different than than most. And when I say different, it's, it's kind of like par for the course. Usually there's some crazy story that happened and then mortgage was like the backup option but I actually went to to Bible college I thought I was going to be a youth pastor and I was I was in uh school to uh, basically earn my degree and I was running a youth group of like 200 kids my wife and I we loved it I'm a big kid you know that we've mm-hmm. hung out a lot we've been to Seahawks yeah. games and stuff so I'm just a big kid and um doors closed long story short doors closed on on that like path for my life which was weird cuz it's like Usually doors don't close in in like ministry, like, like, hey, you're you're willing to like give your life to this thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course, we'll take you. And um, it just didn't work out. And um, it was before the Great Recession and kind of put all my eggs in that basket. And, you know, looking back, I probably could have weathered the storm and gone a different direction with that, uh, with that initial calling. But um, at the same time, it was right before uh, things kind of exploded in the housing industry. And I knew a lot of friends. I was 26-ish which is kind of a good age to get in this business. And they like, buddy over here, went to the mortgage industry, buddy over here, went to the mortgage industry. I'm like, what's going on? What's going on? And things weren't kind of working out with what I thought my wife and I were going to do. So kind of searching for answers, like, well, what am I going to do now? And um, you know, they just kind of threw out, Hey, why don't you come like interview with, with this, with this group in actually just down the street from Puyallup Puyallup Mm -hmm. (laughs) and Sumner uh, with Sam, who, you know, um, he got me in the business and did an interview and he was, you know, good Christian guy and had good, good ethics and good values. And I didn't really have any pressure because I didn't know what I was getting into. So the the interview for me was comfortable, like you and I sitting here Mm -hmm. today, just talking. Uh, but later he said, Hey, that, you were probably the best interview I had. And I'm like, I, I wasn't even trying. <laughs> I wasn't and he had already hired like 10 or 15 loan officers at point at that point. But I think it was just because I went in there without any pressure. And he offered me a job, which was like a lifeline. I felt like I was really confused in my life at that point. I thought I was going this direction and then it didn't work out. And that lifeline just seemed like, you know, essentially a lifeline. I'm like, I'm gonna take this. I have no idea what mortgage is, mm-hmm. how to do it. Um who to connect with to get, you know, to get business. And I said, all right, well, I'm just going to kind of walk through this door because this door is shut over here. Um, so got in the business. Um, and I was used to, you know, when you're in ministry, you have to, uh, share a message with a group of people in a short amount of time. They have to understand it, they have to connect to it. Right. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's action items, there's takeaways after that. So for me, once I learned the business, I was able to connect with people and teach because of my background. It's it's when I got, you know, when I got into video much later, it's one of the reasons why day one with video, I was comfortable in front of people. I used to have to do this live, yeah. right? speak in front of a couple hundred people, again, craft a message, have it make sense and have a takeaway. So when video started, you know, later in my career, I was like, Oh, this is easy. I can mess up now. Mm-hmm. You know? So I was used to having to articulate things in a short you know, fashion and, and try to have them make sense. Um, so that's the classic way from ministry to, to mortgage. If You've heard it a thousand times, I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> Ministry
0: to mortgage may be the first time I've heard that. Really? Yes. You might have not even known that backstory. I, I did not yeah. know that backstory. So yeah. that is interesting. So you got in, you started right before the Great Recession. Was it 05, 6, 04, 7? so I had a couple good years. A couple good years. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, one of the things that we'll focus this conversation on is uh, something that you said, when I was watching you moderate a panel about a month ago, which is finding the opportunity in the adversity. yeah. And uh, you start, and then there's a lot of adversity. Yeah. And you, know, you, you made a big change in how you approached the market. Um, and it really, I think it really catapulted you into a whole different world. Talk a little bit about the change you made and why you made and how you came to that decision. Yeah,
1: I remember... Remember the change, or at least the forced, you know, change, yeah. because uh, I had a couple of good years, uh, you know, before the Great Recession hit, and uh, we were doing prime and subprime stuff. So I remember, like, Great Recession hit, and back then it was still when we had paper. So you probably remember all the loan files mm-hmm. were in the Manila envelopes, yep. and they were stacked on my desk, and you could you could look at them, and this is awful, but you could kind of equate like how much you were going to make because you knew what the loan file was, the loan uh, loan amount and compensation, so like. Oh, that was, you know, probably $50,000 sitting on my desk and income at that time. And then the the recession hit and like all these lenders were shutting their doors overnight. And it's almost like you're watching the the manila almost (laughs) disappear as each lender goes, you know, under like overnight that quickly. And I went from, you know, getting in the business, having early success to going Oh my, oh my God, what am I going to do? Yeah. Like everything, like the, the rug and the house got pulled out from underneath me. Like everything was over. I hadn't been in the business for that long. So some of my peers had done it for 10 years prior. They had realtors and a database to pull from. They had a lot going for them. I only had a, a couple of good years before things went south. So, you know, necessity is the mother of invention. So out of necessity, I'm like, well... I don't have any other option, but to continue to try to tread water and, and make it in this business. So mm-hmm. what am I going to do? And I was forced to kind of go, okay, I got to, I got to do something different. So originally this is the, like the origin store of the Ari Um, I was like, well, I don't know a lot of realtors because I was still pretty young in the business. So I needed to meet realtors. I'm like, well, there's only eight hours in a day. So that, that's a lot of, that's a lot of coffee meetings, eight of them, and I'm going to be jacked up at the end of the day. <laughs> so I could do that. I could go one-on-one, belly-to-belly, or I could try to work a little bit smarter and start creating content that hopefully is going to be interesting to realtors in Puyallup in mm-hmm. Sumner so that I can connect with them and, and hopefully we'll be like-minded and we can do business. And it worked. So I just started doing video. At that time, Frank and Brian, some of your listeners might know them. They're kind of the OGs in the video space. They were running the national real estate post. I kind of just patterned it off of their, mm-hmm. their vibe. It was, you know, five minutes. It was whatever was relevant for the week. And what I didn't know then is realtors were in the same boat. And a lot of other loan officers, it felt like it was just me going through it, but they were struggling too. And so people were kind of clamoring for something to like grab a hold on to. And it was information on, okay, this is what's happening this week. This lender went under that. This one opened up, this product opened up. And so people started connecting with it really quick because I didn't know that they were in the same boat that I was. And so it worked. Thank God it worked. It actually put me in touch with realtors in Puyallup. Um, and,
0: and I want to just, so we give context to Puyallup and Sumner. Yeah. We, we mentioned those two, you know, we're, we're not talking downtown Seattle or no. you know New York city given a, give a little bit of an idea of what is Puyallup and Sumner in terms of a market standpoint?
1: Uh, it's you know, we, we joke about Cowtown, USA. It's it's suburb of a suburb. Um, I don't even know what the population. is. Yeah. It's it's very small. It's you know if you it's you know east of Tacoma by yeah. twenty minutes. Tacoma's quite a bit bigger, but Puyallup's just a tiny town that nobody's ever heard of. Um, there's a lot of lenders there, but then, yeah, the target market isn't huge. Yeah. And, and I didn't care. I was just trying to survive. I I, I had a son, mm-hmm. and my wife was pregnant with Cameron, and I had bought a house. Yeah. And I don't like losing. So I, I was just trying to find a way to like tread water, or like stay alive. So I was just trying to connect with anybody yeah. that would, that would connect with me. And again, it worked out good. It was crazy. And and because of, again, my, my history with, you know, ministry and being able to speak and articulate, you know, uh, and craft a message, like it worked pretty good. Like I was comfortable in front of camera. I was like one of the first questions I got, like, well, yeah. how did you, how did you get comfortable in front of camera? How did you know what to talk about? Well, it's weird how things work out. Like mm-hmm. I had that kind of training that was leveraged in video and we quickly, I mean, within a year, which one of the biggest takeaways for anybody getting into a new strategy, whether it's video or podcast like mm-hmm. this, like stay committed. We so often do a thing for once or twice and then give up Yeah, and go, oh, that thing didn't work. Well, dude, you've done it twice. Like yeah. <laughs> give it a little bit more runway. And we committed and our commitment was once a week, every week without fail. mm mm-hmm. Um, so every Monday and still 12 years later, it's every Monday we come out with content and I wouldn't have got to, you know, the success that I'm at now without staying committed to the strategy. There's a million ways to make a million bucks. Yeah. Commit to one of them. I promise you, and if you commit, you're going to find out what's working, what's not working. You're going to tweak and you're going to get there. Yeah. Our commitment was to video. And if you go back and look at them, they were awful. I don't know how people connected with us, but they were <laughs> bad. Uh, but, um, we just stayed committed. And so whatever strategy you choose, like one of the, my Biggest takeaways for you is to stay committed to it. But um, a year later, it seems like quick success, but try doing something brand new for an entire year. Yeah. Weight loss goal, working out video. Like it's a, it's a long time before you really see ROI on it. Um, but where we really knew that things took off is it worked and I was able to connect with realtors in Puyallup, but then it started working outside our intended audience of Puyallup and Sumner and like south of Seattle and it started going statewide. Mm-hmm. And now I got people up North going, Hey man, you seem like a pretty cool dude to watch your video about this, that, and the other thing. Can we meet for coffee? Oh, sweet. I wasn't even thinking about people in Seattle. I was like my yeah. perspective of a straw like perspective in this little town. And then it blew up into, you know, people in, in Washington state. And then what really took, you know, kind of injected steroids into the RE source was the big national show at the time, national real estate post. They, they noticed us and they said, Hey, we're getting at that time. They were, rock stars and they were traveling the country and mm-hmm. speaking and they, they couldn't keep up with their video content. So they reached out to us to guest host. So we went from being in the South suburb of, of Seattle, trying to be relevant to a handful of people to being on a national video yeah. stage and people, oh, so who's this guy, you know, cause they had a huge audience back the biggest audience uh, of any speaker, to, you know, that was relevant back then. They actually had the, the biggest audience. So they gave us an opportunity really just to kind of have their back while they were traveling. And then things really took mm-hmm. off, you know, Washington became Oregon became Idaho. And like it, we started looking at our analytics and people are watching us from West to East coast, like different countries. I'm like, this mortgage isn't that yeah. interesting. People shouldn't be watching in Dubai, but we could, we could, <laughs> we could see the analytics and you could see like somebody hit play in Dubai, but that's, that's the beauty of social media and that it dates me. Yeah, You know, that was kind of the dawn of really when social media took off, it was 10 to 12 years ago and we were plugging into that to deliver our message. Yeah, really- you
0: you were you were ahead of the curve I think by a pretty good amount. And I think you know, going back to that asked you about Puyallup and Sumner. it, it doesn't ma- you don't have to be in a big market, right? No. You know th- this is you've gone from small markets now nationally recognized how many subscribers do you have for RE Source oh, TV?
1: RC's going to kill me because I don't know. Yeah. But, you know, we have There's it's a lot. There's a lot. Yeah. yeah. And we don't even
0: have a very good
1: uh, big... You know this. There's not yeah. a ton of mortgage originators. There's a million realtors, mm-hmm. but originators, there's probably 150,000 is my guess. Yeah. Um, so we have a good market uh, penetration with originators and and realtors, but it could always be bigger. Like 12 years later, I'm still bothered that we're not bigger and have uh-huh. more subscribers, but we have good good penetration. And the coolest thing, and if you ever want to share an our resource and like have our back when when a regional like me at like at a, at a competitor shares it with like their whole team and you've done this with yeah. your whole team before, it's the best compliment that you could give us cuz we don't we still don't monetize a show. Yeah. We don't charge premium subscriber, there's no advertising and we could turn advertising on tomorrow if we mm-hmm. wanted to. And so that, that's like one of the best compliments when like somebody like Dean says, Hey man, I love that show. I just share it with all of my team, Yeah, you know, 500 people or whatever it is. So um, if you ever find a good one, hopefully we, we're still pumping out good ones. We got, <laughs> we got Todd Duncan coming out next week. That's going to be a really good one. Share it with your entire team. It's the the nicest thing you can do for
0: us. Well, and I think you, you, when you talk about monetizing it, You've monetized it through the business and yeah, the content for sure. that's generated, not through the content that you're creating. And yeah, you know, I think if you're if you're doing it in the with the mindset of "I'm going to help my customers," customer, yeah, that ends up benefiting you at the end of the day. Yeah, indirectly for sure. Yeah.
1: That I was asked on a podcast the other you know a couple weeks ago, like how did you go from being you know when I was telling you I was just trying to tread water, one yeah. lo to you running a four and a half billion dollar region. It's seven states now and kind of thought through it and I said, if you had to limit me to one thing, how I went from just being a, an LO by myself to, you know, 500 plus people on my team, it was absolutely video. Yeah. Because it, it, again, it connected me with realtors, but also loan officers that were in the same boat that I had no idea that were like, Hey, I kind of like this guy too. And I like what he's doing. Maybe I can, maybe I connect, connect with him and also weather the storm. So early on helped me. I was just talking about connecting with realtors, but I didn't tell you the story that, you know, some of the first LOs that I connected with came to me and said, I found you because of video. Mm -hmm. And I think we might be a good fit. I'm like, I was not even thinking about that. I didn't even think about that, that strategy. Yeah, that sounds great. And then like first LO, second LO, third LO, second branch, third branch, fourth branch. And now, you know, hopefully in the middle of the story, and the story's not over, but seven states, and we'll see where we go after Mm -hmm. that. But if I had to choose one thing that helped me get there, and it was a lot of struggle, and there's a lot more to it, I would ha- I would say video was the main connector from taking me from by myself to where I'm at today. Yeah.
0: Well, and that's uh, you know one of the questions I was going to ask you about what you were hoping to accomplish, but you kind of already you've you talked about that a little bit. It, it expanded your connection with the market, which then the definition of the market grew beyond just yeah. your town that you were operating into to now the metropolitan area to now the state to the region yeah. uh being in the northwest so let's take that and now go fast forward to today um you got a ton of people who subscribe you got mm-hmm. a ton of people who watch uh you're sought after in terms of somebody to either moderate panels uh come join panels uh you do a ton of interviews with top producers from all over the country um yeah, you mentioned Todd Duncan, you've had Dave Savage on many times mm-hmm. from The Mortgage Coach. Yeah, we're in this market right now where there's a lot of change happening. And it's something that many people, especially if they're newer to the business, and I would even say, you know, even in the last 10 years, you probably haven't seen the amount of change in the marketplace that we're going to see because of just the dynamic change that's yeah. happening from a lot of refi and you and I were just sitting here looking at numbers and uh, we said, you know, $2.9 trillion in refi. And we were looking <laughs> back, I can't remember the uh, the year that this goes back to, 2004, you can't find a purchase market. And there are actually some total markets that didn't even reach $2. Right. 2.9 trillion. Yeah. So as you, as you talk to these people, uh, what are some of the challenges that they see in today's market? And what are some of the challenges that you individually see yeah. in the
1: market? Super relevant question. Uh, Cause I've been focusing on that question too. Like the last, we've had some absolute hitters on the show this year. Uh, Denise Donahue, mm-hmm. mortgage nerd out of Texas, 722 units. You know, you talk about top 1% originator. She's probably top 0.01%. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dan Keller, $200 million producer, Todd Bookspan, Uber successful win by noon, Dave Savage, Todd Duncan. And I, I asked them the kind of the same question. Like, wow, things are moving so quickly whether you're new or you're a top 1% or you're, you're kind of in the same boat. Like, cause volume slowed down, you know, uh, rates went up, housing supply is really limited. So like, what do you do? And I've asked them and they had, there's some really good content um, not to like, pimp the show out but
0: yeah we'll we'll get to that yeah yeah.
1: go back and watch those they're not they're not good because i was in them they were good because i was able to ask a question and and they share with they basically answer your question too like what would they do and it it's so tough to answer that for the uh, individual originator because everybody's business is different and everybody has different strengths but that's why, like I I know, back to my saying that I love to say, there's a million ways to make a million bucks. It's the same way with originators, whether you're a realtor or an originator. There's somebody that has kind of been that trailblazer for you to show you how to build that business. Same way we got in video. I didn't create mm-hmm. video. I watched Frank and Brian and National Real Estate Post and patterned my our, our show after that. So originators, some are great. At sales, salesmanship, like they're just amazing at connecting with people and business follows, but they really struggle in, in fulfilling a loan. They struggle with the the loan manufacturing process. There's strength in that, and you got to build a team around you to kind of be the yin to your yang. And there's some originators that that are listening that are amazing at manufacturing loans, but they really they're introverts mm-hmm. and they struggle with um, going out and finding more business because they're just introverts. But you give them a deal, and it's going to be you know, closed on time. going to perfect. Like it's going to be on point. So, you know, what I've learned from talking to uh, originators across the country and asking that same question is that there isn't one blueprint that works, thankfully, because I'd struggle if we all had to copy that, but, uh, there's, there's quite a few and you just got to pick your own and, and make it your own, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's Denise, whether it's Dan Keller's, you know, whether it's Dave Savage and, and you're, uh, all about financial literacy. Whether it's video like mine, not everybody wants to do video, but there's a lot of people that can so I guess the good news is guys you don't have to like reinvent the wheel. yes, things are tougher uh yes, it's um you know a new world if you're if you've been doing this business, you've lived through the dawn of no social media and now social media, mm-hmm. and you're probably struggling on how to leverage social media. You don't have to be all things to all people. there's a lot of people that just crush it just in YouTube just in video, just in financial literacy and teaching classes, a million ways to make a million bucks. Choose, choose your path. Yeah. Commit to it. You might, you might not find success in the first week or two. It might take you a year like it did for us, but you know, you stay at it and you'll be relevant and you'll, you'll weather the storm. Does that answer your question? I don't know if it did. Yeah.
0: Well, I think that's the hard part about it, right? Everybody's looking for the silver bullet. Yeah. There is no silver bullet. Uh, there's a lot of commitment that needs to have that, that an individual needs to have. And there's a lot of discipline around that commitment. And like you said, you can't do it for a week or two and just be like, wait, well, I haven't gotten any loans from this. Right. So I'm, I'm stopping. You, you gotta, you gotta build it and you gotta feed it and you gotta watch it grow and you gotta keep adjusting to, uh, to continue to make sure well, that it grows. Measure it
1: too. It's okay. Yeah. I learn more you, from what's not working.
0: Yeah. You know, than what's working. It's one of the things that I see, you know, just just in my role, uh, and I think all people, salespeople, see. Are we good at measuring things? No, I, well. you know, we're, we're good at measuring the bottom line, right? <laughs> right. What, 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 what was my income last month? But it's it's measuring what did I do to get there? How did I do it? Why did I do it? And what worked better than others? So I, you know, as you talk about some of the measurements that you guys look at, you know, how do you measure what you're doing and what makes you decide I'm gonna do A versus B?
1: Yeah, I'm a I'm a mortgage nerd if you haven't figured that out. And so I'll nerd out. And like that's why you showed me stats earlier and I'm starting to dig into it. Uh-huh. I you know, we measure everything. We have a software called Domo and it it tells me everything about the business. I'm in it. I'm in the business. There's working in your business, there's working on on the business. I'm in the business. Most of the times
0: yeah. you said working in the business versus working on the business T- talk to me about the difference between working in the business and working. Yeah. On the so
1: business. for sure, like then this, just don't check out cause this is maybe a regional conversation. If you're an LO yeah. and you're building a team with an LOA, this will apply. I promise you. And if you're a realtor listening and you're hiring your first listing and buyer's agent, this will apply. But working in your business is exactly the question you asked of studying your metrics. Knowing, you know, where the landmines are, whether your loaner apps are trending down, your locks are trending down, your pricing exceptions are trending up. That's working in your business, studying your leads. Oh, wow. Zillow's turned off if I'm a realtor, but over here, realtor.com is turned on. I'm working in my business. I'm understanding everything about the business. Most people don't even do that. Mm -hmm. And you should be doing that. Whether you're a single LO, single realtor, an LO with a team, realtor with the team, you should be studying your business. That's working in your business. Working on your business is the outside kind of offensive. Like where, okay, Zillow has slowed down in leads. Okay, well, I've got to start working on the business and figure out what am I going to do? Am I going to accept the fact that my leads have dropped 20% or am I going to find another way to add 20%, maybe another 10% in in lead general mm-hmm that's working on your business for, for real, uh, regionals under LOs trying to scale their individual businesses. It's who else like, Dean, who do you know that I should know that should be working with me? Now I'm working on my business. That's not in it. It's going, and Dean says, well, oh man, there's a guy in Shehalis That's a great originator. And you know what I mean? Like now we're connecting and finding whether, you know, that's new LOAs, new underwriters, new LOs, I'm going out there, growing the business. So when I say work on versus work in, that's the difference too. Mm-hmm. One is understanding the metrics, understanding the why it's functioning the way it is. The other one is more offensive and growing, and healthy things grow. Yeah. So I I, I understand markets have cycles. I understand it's healthy, um, but I don't like to shrink. Yeah. During those cycles, so I'm, I'm for six months. I knew, and so did you know Casey Crawford. Great leadership. We knew. And that the MBA was going to show these projections that the refi market was going to drop 40% purchase business was going to increase nine. So we worked in our business and Mm -hmm. kind of figured out, okay, that's going to equal X amount drop in volume. Okay. Do you want to accept that? Or do you want to outrun that? Well, how do you outrun that? We got to go grow. Mm -hmm. So for six months prior to this shift, we have been working to outrun this and add really, really good people to our organization. Not just, hey, there's an empty seat. Let's add an originator. Who is a great fit for our culture that will help us out, outrun and thrive during this next big shift in the market. So again, that's the difference of, I understand, I worked, I worked in the business to understand what my business was about to go through in 2022. Then I started working on my business to make sure that we made it through better than our peers did. And we added collectively, the organization added $4 billion in in added volume we we grew the company that much which is to put that in perspective guys there's probably a thousand independent mortgage bankers that are a billion dollars in totality mm-hmm. we added 4 billion in just like the last 80 90 days 100 days so that's that's like we added a small yeah. mortgage maybe even a me- medium sized mortgage company to help us weather this huge reduction in volume that's coming our way. So that's a really long answer to yeah. in and on your well, business. Well, it's,
0: it's kind of going off topic a little bit, but you, know, you talk about data and analytics, and I think that's uh, you know the new catchphrase for for everything that's cool about looking at working in your business. But and... LO is
1: very few. Uh, guys, mm-hmm. I'm an LO, so I'm not talking at you. I'm with you. Yeah. We don't like to study where we got mm-hmm. our business. We don't have a, a mechanism in place, whether it's a CRM or even an Excel spreadsheet, to go back and go, Well, I closed hundred transactions. Where did they come from? You know, who referred them? Like we, we should know that that's working in your business. Mm -hmm. Whether you're an individual LO or you're running a region or a company, we have to know our business and that's working in your business. And we don't do a very good job at that, but we're entrepreneurs, whether you're W2'd for movement, MGIC, Guild, guaranteed rate, you should always treat it as your own business. You're the entrepreneur of your own business. I get it. You're not self-employed but i promise you if you treat it like this is your own business things will change for you you'll have a different perspective you'll take yourself from you know a 10, 000, a 10, uh, 10 foot level to a 10000 foot level of running a business versus oh my god where's my next deal where's my next deal where's my next deal that's that's not a fun place to be when you're just chasing a single yeah. deal versus running a business you know what i'm saying so that's the importance that we weren't even going to talk about working in and on now, your business. Yeah, we've
0: we kind of gone off, off that. But, but, but it's I think super it's, relevant with 2022 and what we're facing yeah. right now. If, if I've not done that and I'm an originator out there or I'm a realtor out there, uh, how do I start? Where do I start working in my business?
1: Yeah, it's it's really, and you can use an Excel spreadsheet to really start measuring your leads, your conversion rate. If you, you know, there's there's entire court uh, coaching companies that We'll, well, you know, building champions or the core that will give you uh, like the spreadsheets to mm-hmm. do that. But honestly, it's really just, you know, having a mechanism, whether it's Excel or you you purchase a CRM. There's a million of them out there to measure um, the important things like how you get your business, who are you getting it from? How many leads do you have to convert to get one closing? Do you even know that? Mm hmm. No, you don't. So you got to go in and start gathering the intel to do the conversion rate. Very, very smart originators. Again, I've learned this from interviewing the top 1% across the nation. They know those numbers. I promise you. They'll spit them out like the back of their hand, like, Dean, I got to talk to 100 people because that's going to equal 10 closing. And I got to talk and they'll break it down to even a day i got to talk to you. And some of them are, it's, it's, it's literally 50 people a day Mm -hmm. because they know if I talk to 50, it it equals, you know, whatever their conversion rate is, five closings. Now you're talking about being intentional and strategic and running a business. See the difference of that, of, Oh, I just got to find where my next deal is coming from. Like there's not even a comparison to a person running a business versus chasing their next deal. Mm -hmm. So that's my encouragement to you is that's a great question, Dean you know, start, start measuring it all. It'll give you data, data. I love data because it doesn't have feelings. Mm -hmm. There's no feelings in data. It's just facts. It'll tell you why you're slow. It'll tell you where your conversion rate sucks. It may hurt your feelings, (laughs) but there's no feelings in data. Data (laughs) is just facts. And then you got to go do the hard work and go, okay, now that I've worked in my business, I understand it better. Now I got to go work on it and I got to go figure out why my, my conversion rate sucks or why my leads have dropped this year. And, you know, it's like, okay, I've got to go fix that. But there's, there's, no, there's no problem to solve if you don't have two plus two equals what? Mm-hmm. And in that analogy, two plus two is your conversion, your leads, and, and the data of your business.
0: That's, that's great advice. And I think uh, so many times as, as I'm out in the market and I get the benefit of walking through all kinds of different shops and seeing all kinds of different people, good, bad, indifferent, whatever it might be, uh, you don't see that many people really dig in to that detail. It's yep. just, I got, I got the Johnson loan. It's got to close. Let's get this thing closed. And then the next one's the Smith loan. Let's get the Smith loan. But, but nobody's figuring out how do I get the Adams deal in here? Right. Who's going to give me the Adams deal? Where am I going to go find it? And, and who's my best target to find it?
1: How do I add a, an entire builder? That'll give me a hundred deals. a year? Yeah. You know, Yeah. How, how do I add 15 realtors this year? You know, it's it's tough, and, and I'll tell you to get real practical and in the weeds. The reason why originators struggle with that is because they don't have that first person that they hire is so difficult, and there's a lot of turnover because, as you know, as originators, we're just we're not patient enough, honestly, to hire that first person. And once you have like that first strong yin to your yang, mm-hmm. and typically that's an LOA that's really good at um, fulfillment and, and closing loans. Once you have that person, that allows you to, what, what, it frees up time and, and, and headspace for you to go out and find people versus, like you said, worrying about the Smith loan. Well, no, Sally, my LOA, or Johnny, my LOA, is doing that. Yeah. So that frees me up to go out and run a business and, and think bigger versus just that single loan for today. So uh, that's a big, tough one. And you'll see, and you'll talk, and I've talked to a lot of teams, once they got that first and second like person in place, their business exploded. Yeah. And, and it's really difficult because, again, I think we're, just, we're too quick and we don't, we don't vet out these people very well. They, it's okay to, to interview, you know, 10 to 15 people to hire one. That's actually probably the minimum. That yeah. sure. w- what we like to do is, because we're, we're impatient, is we want to hire the first person that raises their hand and says, Hey, Dean, I'll join your team. Hey, Ryan, I'll join your team. Okay, come on. And you didn't ask any questions mm-hmm. to see if you're a good fit, you know. Um, so, that, again, that's another encouragement, like vet out and it's okay to have high expectations. You should, you should have very high expectations. It's your brand. It's your name on the wall. You know, that person that you're hiring is going to represent you. So identify those high expectations. Let them know that this is what I'm looking for and try to find the person that's going to hold those expectations for you so that you can go out and grow your business.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, you know, going back, uh, I asked the question about what are people talking about in terms of challenges uh, in, in today's market? Kind of flip that a little bit. And we've talked about a little bit of the opportunities. You, know, you mentioned... The downturn and refi, but not a lot of people focus on. You know, they said we're we're going to focus on purchase this year. And I think before we started having the conversation and hit the record button, we were, we were looking back at those purchase numbers, yeah. and uh, you know, so as you look at the opportunities that exist in today's market, like, yes, yeah, a couple different ways. One, what's the opportunity that exists? Kind of like what you did back in uh, right after the downturn when you when you formed RE Source TV. Mm-hmm. What's that opportunity that's laying out there? And then what what should you be focusing on in terms of opportunity? Cuz I could focus on the, the 40% decline in refis. That's not a very good place to be from a mindset standpoint. Yeah. I could focus on record purchase production. Yeah, you know, that that's a pretty good mind space to be right. in. Right. So from those two different angles, what what, what would you suggest to people?
1: This will probably sound cliche, but um Todd Duncan was on like I said and he was, telling, he was telling a story when he got in the business and Prime was like 20%. Mm-hmm. They were in a recession and, you know, rates were rising and volume was slowing and everybody's looking at Todd Duncan, who we know is like an icon in the business 30 years later going, why did you get in this business, dude? What the heck, man? We're in a recession. Like things are falling apart. And I loved his mindset. And before you even capture opportunity, in my opinion, you have to have the right mindset. Um, but he said to, he said to, his realtors and stuff that he was calling on the first year that would go, dude, why are you out here (laughs) calling the world's falling down? What are you doing? And he said, well, apparently I've heard we're in a recession, but uh, I I don't, I'm not choosing to participate. (laughs) And I just loved, I'm like, that's, and I jumped on that on the show. You'll hear me go. That's so true. Cause guess what? And, and, you know, as we're filming this and, you know, rumor has it we're in a war. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I respect that, but guess what? That doesn't mean my business has to slow down. Rumor has it, we're in a massive housing shortage. I'll respect that too, but that doesn't define my success. Rumor has it, rates are going up. Great, I'm not participating. Like, I just love the mindset of going, I'm going to go into 2022 with the war and a housing shortage and rising rates and just go, I don't, I'm not going to participate. I'm not going to let my mind focus on those things. I'm going to try to find, again, like you said, and I was talking about the opportunity and the adversity. Mm-hmm. And very, very smart individuals will will look to take market share in markets like this. They steal, they grow in market share. Others shrink away. And this is where if you're new or if you're just getting your mind right for this year, if you have that mindset, everyone else is going to be thinking about yesteryear and how easy it was, how 19, 20, and 21. And man, I didn't even have to call anybody. And I was closing 20 deals a month. And they'll sit there and complain and and talk and commiserate about yesteryear. Meanwhile, the person that's out there planting seeds and aggressive and not participating in all this negative drama, guess what? They're stealing your business. Mm-hmm. So if I'm an originator, you know, I don't know if you remember this movie. Um, God, it was called Friday. Friday. Uh, with Ice Cube and, and Debo. Yeah. He, yeah was a, your, your listeners might if they're my age. But back in the day, there's this movie Not called my Friday. Age. I'm too yeah. old for that. <laughs> Different generation, dude <laughs> yeah. But uh, there's this, like one of the characters is like a mean thug and he goes and like steals everybody's bike. My, my point with that is tough. Stay with me. Roundabout right, right analogy is his name was Debo. The character's name was Debo. And I said, we need to have a Debo mindset where I'm going to go take Not your bike, but your realtor. I'm going to go take your business. (laughs) We need to have this Debo-like mindset where we're in 2022. Whoever's complaining about yesteryear, I don't care. I'm not participating in that. I'm going to go steal your builder. I'm going to go steal your market share. And I'm going to steal your realtors if you're not careful. Like that sounds aggressive, but if you want to thrive in this market, you have to have that mindset of I'm going to steal market share. And when you steal something, what happens? You take it from somebody else. That's how this works. Somebody had that market share and whether you're long in the tooth in this business and we have a lot of them, mm-hmm. I'm one of them. <laughs> yeah. I got, I got gray hair, but i am still, you know, young and I'm in this business, but there's some people that are just going to go, man, I was just waiting for that last refi boom. And I think I might hang it up Ryan or Dean like I'm, I'm good. So there's people that are going to retire out and that aren't long for the business. There's entire companies that aren't long, long for the business. Somebody's going to steal their market share. Is it going to be you?
0: It's interesting. You, we were joking last time we saw each other. I uh, was at a mortgage banker's dinner and you were moderating a panel. And I think that was the day that the market, that the tenure went over two. Mm-hmm. I think. And we were joking about every, everybody was sitting there looking at their phones and it yeah. wasn't rain. Yeah, yeah, that was I, your it analogy. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> my analogy. And it's it's a two-way, is. right? It's a two-way form of communication. Uh, things can go out just like things can go in. And, and we've got that, that outbound activity, um, that proactive activity versus reactive activity is what we've got well, to get. And get just get back like in. it
1: worked for Todd 30 years ago, people are attracted to success and positivity, not negativity. So when you come out and you're contrarian and everybody else is complaining about rates and housing and, and you're excited and you want to earn their business. if if you're on the other side of that, wouldn't you rather have that than some person talking about why their life sucks Mm -hmm. and they didn't save enough money (laughs) through the last, the last great run, like be a contrarian. The herd's always, always wrong. Yeah. You know, so uh, that's, that's the opportunity, whether that turns into video or just, you know, meeting people face to face, like that was a tough one last two years. Mm -hmm. How do you meet people when everything's shut down? You know, your guys same same for your business. You would it's, go meet people at their yeah. office and connect with them, and and that was a tough one. But again, contrarian. Find there's a lot of people that want to sit down like we are right now and have a real conversation. We we respect the pandemic and COVID, but people are people, and there's human nature um, in all of us that want to connect. You know, with people in person versus virtually. So again, find the opportunity. Adversity. Adversity has, has shut things down there's still a lot of people out there that want to go, you know, break bread, you know, have a glass of wine, yeah. have a beer with you and connect to the positive person, the one that's leaning forward, that's trying to take market share versus, you know, complain about yesteryear.
0: Yeah. Talk about that a little bit, because, uh, you know, I, I heard you say once about uh, varying your communication. And as you as you look at the pandemic, uh, the impact that that's clearly had an impact on how we interact with people um in our customers you know maybe now it's more virtual they don't necessarily want to come into the office because they found other ways to communicate as you look at that uh yeah talk about what that means to the future and then talk about the importance of varying that communication as you work with either clients because you're helping them get into homes or your prospective referral partners
1: yeah i think this applies to everybody whether you're a realtor or- you're in, you know, you work at NGSE, yeah. you know, whatever. It doesn't matter, this, yeah, right? like Sales is it it's, Sales is sales. And yeah. um, what, what the opportunity has been over the last 10 years is this explosion of social media and technology. And the trap is to get caught into one of these streams. And there's multiple streams and everybody's different, whether they connect. We were talking about this in the green mm-hmm. room and we had a show years ago years ago if you can find it called respecting the psychology of social 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 media and um why that's important is people live in different places some of us still live predominantly in facebook oddly enough you know it's kind of the 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 old dog in social media but Mm -hmm. a lot of us still live in facebook uh some of us live in instagram you know the younger generations a little bit you know gen x is in instagram gen y is probably more in TikTok and stuff so if you're out there trying to connect with the masses Everybody wants to, you know, communicates differently and where they live is different. And so that's why it's so difficult just to pick one of these streams and just be relevant in one, because you might be missing, you know, entire generations that aren't living in this stream. And so you have to vary your forms of communication. Now, I'm, I'm talking about this in terms of connecting with in a sales role, like me being an LO trying to connect with realtors or financial planners, builders. But it's also true, like when you when you have a transaction, whether you're a realtor or you're a loan officer, and you guys know this, like some of them want to still do old school belly to belly to paper. Some of them want to leverage technology and upload, you know, everything digital via their phone. Uh, And you have to vary your forms of communication with fulfillment, but also with sales. So uh, it's it's a it's a good reminder that you can't just do one thing and expect amazing results because you can't be all things to all people. And you certainly can't, if you're just leveraging one form of communication. Mm -hmm. So it, that's where asking questions and really listening to your, your, your customer really matter. And this also is true in leadership because your customers are your, your branch managers, Mm -hmm. your area managers, like they also choose to be communicated with differently. So it applies to everything, sales leadership, And sometimes people just want to see videos of me because I still do video uh, inside the organization. And sometimes I got to go, no, this is somebody that really wants to see me. I need to carve out time to travel, to go see them. You you probably understand that better Mm -hmm. than I do, man. You've been doing this for a long time at a very high level. Um, So, you know, you know, just off of, you know, the more, you know, your people, the more, you know, your target audience, the more you know how they need to be uh, connected with and spoken to. And that's, that's, you know, the biggest, thing i would say in terms of going out and getting new businesses don't get stuck in one strategy yeah don't get stuck dropping off flyers mm-hmm. some people still like them you know but a lot don't <laughs> don't get stuck just in facebook you know some people are still there many have moved on and um i get that's where it's tough and you could you know if you're listening you're probably like dude i don't so i gotta learn facebook i gotta learn instagram i mm-hmm. got tiktok and flyers well you don't have to be a master at all of them but you, yeah. do, you do you definitely need to understand them
0: or at least ask the question if you've got a new client that you're taking yeah. a loan app, how do you want to be communicated with? Yeah. That, that, that can be one that doesn't get asked all that often.
1: Yeah. One of the best strategies I've seen, um, Miguel's one of the most efficient loan officers you have, close to $100 million in production. And he tries to put everybody on a text thread versus sending out individual emails to the listing agent, buying agent, appraiser, you know, and then borrower. He'll have a mutual thread. Where or, or the whole life cycle of the loan lives. Mm-hmm. And so nobody's left out of the loop. I, I was like, God, oh, that was so smart just to have yeah. a mutual text thread. And then there's no, well, Dean, this guy said this. And then this guy, you know, it's no, it all lives on one yeah. thread. And not everybody's comfortable with that. But if you can do eight out of 10 transactions with that strategy, why not? Yeah. You know, your efficiency goes up versus having individual phone calls and emails to all of them. Yeah. So mutual threads uh, on text are, Underutilized, in my opinion.
0: So I want to go back. Uh, last question here: You are talking about working in your business, working on your business? You've been a master of creating content, my perspective, uh, and I think you've done a great job of that, and putting it in a format that people like to listen to, look forward to listen to. Finding the content and and going back to that being being in your working in your business. What do you look to for resources when you're going to look at okay, wh- what are the experts saying? Where are the experts saying and who are the experts? Wh- where do you go? And uh, you know, if you're not, as you're listening to this, if, if you're not signed up with RE Source TV, it is a great resource. It's a fun resource. You t- sometimes you have a lot of fun with it, but it, it's just a good compilation of what is going on in the market. And you do have a lot of thought leaders that are there. So definitely check that out. But from your perspective, what are some of the resources you utilize? It's when
1: we travel and speak, that's like the number one question we get. Like, mm-hmm. how do you continue to come up with content that's relevant? That's our, that's our goal. Every, we never want to bore you. Um, it's the goal and the strategy is what can we talk about this week that is actually relevant? And it's one thing to do it for a year, but for 12 years straight and still be relevant. Like that's, that's our biggest challenge. And so we have a slide that we've built cause we get the question a lot and I'll walk you through it cause you guys can do it at home. I'm, I'm not the smartest guy in the room. Like here's my blueprint. Yeah. Um, and of how I, for 12 years come out with something relevant, you know, every week. So picture a gigantic funnel. This is the slide that we've created and I'm a content junkie myself. I'm a mortgage nerd. So at the top of this big funnel are all the resources, you know, whether that's housing wire and the news, I think you had one earlier that you, that i finance. inside mortgage finance. There's a million. Right. And so I have, probably 20 or 30 different vendors that drip on me throughout the week. So on Monday, picture Monday is the the top of the funnel and Friday is when we shoot. Mm-hmm. So on Friday is the bottom of the funnel. And I got all these stories kind of swirling around this funnel and, you know, throughout the week, I'm starting to actually start write the show based off of what maybe came out on Monday, like lately, uh, uh, uh revenue has been down, mm-hmm. you know, Shocker. And volumes slowed and margins have thinned. And so there's layoffs. You've heard about that mm-hmm. and better.com fired you know 3,000 people. So like I'll start to get stories that are starting to have a theme and you can see, you know, housing wire might touch on it. You know, there might be a realtor story that kind of connects. And so how I've come up with something every week for the last 12 years is throughout the week, I'll read all these stories and then I'll kind of make them my own at the end of Friday. I'll kind of tie in. Usually it'll be four or five of the most relevant stories that I've read. And I know they're one relevant, you know, it's timely. They came out this week and on Friday, I'm going to put my spin on it and kind of connect. Sometimes we connect three or four stories that I didn't even know they should be connected. Mm-hmm. Um, like one, one of them was Barry Habib. We mentioned one of our guests that comes on a lot. He was talking about um, this market and how every house goes over asking price. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the question now becomes for you, this is got really good resource if you missed it should I bid over the asking price? And that actually uh, was a story that I think it was housing wire that wrote, like, is that good for your borrower? It's a great question. Mm -hmm. Some people, maybe not depending on their capital and where they're at in their life. Some people it's okay, but it was kind of a cliffhanger. Like should people bid over the asking price? Well, Barry actually has a tool called bid over ask. So I married two stories to go, Hey, these guys pose a really good question. Guess what? There's another resource that you guys probably don't know of. But here's the bid over ask tool that does the homework for you. And realtors, because it's, you know, Barry's a mortgage guy, uh, MBS Highway. These realtors are like, oh, my God, I had no idea this resource even existed. Can I sign up for it? So that's kind of a practical way of how that two stories get married together on Friday. We film Friday. It comes out on Monday. But that's the content funnel. And I guess it takes pressure off if you're Mm -hmm. trying to come up with your own content. Like, I don't have to sit there every week and go. Let me just think about this amazing idea yeah. to talk about on Monday. No, it's going to be what is the news and what it, how, how can I tie that together for both realtors and lenders to where it makes sense? That's, that's the blueprint. A ton, of, a ton of content on Monday, sit throughout the week. And on Friday, I distill it down to a five minute, three to five minute show. Yeah. That makes sense. And we provide the resources. That's why we're called, you know, the RE source. We're the source for real estate resource. So I'm going to give you those resources to go, Oh, that was really good content. Let me go look at this bit over ask tool, or let me go share this information about, you know, why uh, listing prices are up 20%. Mm-hmm. So um, that's kind of the, the b- blueprint of the show and how we've continued to come out with relevant content, hopefully relevant content yeah. the last 12 years. And then last two years, three years, we've we kind of pivoted to the masterclass stuff which is where you've seen like Todd Duncan, Renee Mm -hmm. Rodriguez, Dave Savage, Clayton Collins from HousingWire. So again, because think back, dude, I was just trying to survive in Puyallup, Washington. And now we've like the most amazing speakers that are willing to come in and donate their time to our community to share, you know, whether it's, you know, Barry, creator of MBSI or Clayton Collins, the creator of HousingWire, you know, their secrets, Mm -hmm. Todd Duncan, you know. Um, it's so cool that these guys would actually, I'm so humbled that they would take time to be on the show and like, we're not paying them. They're yeah. donating their time to the industry, just like we are to, to give valuable content. So the last three years, I'm really excited. We've pivoted to the masterclass series We're and we're going to continue to do that where we can pull people across the nation that are very successful and do what you're doing. Kind of ask questions, kind of like peel back the onion and go, Hey, take me back. Like, how'd you get there? Mm-hmm. that was one thing from the four part series with uh, Denise Donahue, her sister was uh, her name's Deborah Bird. She runs Plug and Play Social Media. She made a really good point of a lot of times people will compare themselves and they're on chapter one of their career to people in chapter 36. Like, that's not fair. You can't yeah. compare yourself at chapter one to somebody at chapter 36. And so it, the reason that's important is because they look at a uh, top producers and they just go, oh, I can never do that. I can never do 722 transactions. Well, maybe not, t- you know, tomorrow <laughs> or even this year. But that's why, like these conversations are important. I said, you know, take me back to when you did 10 transactions a year or 20 so that we can kind of outline that blueprint to help other people get to that 700 plus unit uh, transaction year. So don't compare yourself on chapter one to somebody else's chapter 36.
0: That's, that's great advice. And uh, yeah, I want to thank you for taking the time here this morning or this afternoon. Uh, A lot of great information. As I think back to some of the things you said, I think, you know, one, Working in your business versus working on in your business. business. You've, you've got to understand the analytics that drive your business in 100%. order to grow your business. Uh, teach. you know, The more that you can teach people, the better it's going to be uh, for you because you're setting proper expectations for your clients and for your referral partners. And there was one thing you said at the very end um, that just triggered it. And, and it's, you know, you're, you're taking all this information that's out there and you're distilling it down and you think a realtor would know, oh, there's this tool out there that allows me to determine, should I, should I make an offer for more than what the ask price is? And the realtor's like, I had no idea that it existed. So don't make the assumption that your referral partners, your clients, your borrowers know the information that you're speaking about. Great point. Uh, Yeah. there's a ton. People are are really busy, and the more that you can help them and educate them, the better you'll be. So I want to thank you for the time. We really appreciate yeah, it, sure, man. Uh, for those out there, thanks for listening. Uh, for all the latest industry insights, if you've not added RE Source TV to your uh, to your one of your resources, I would highly suggest that. But you can also find a ton of resources by subscribing to Mortgage Connects on Apple. Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or you can go to MortgageConnects.com at uh, MGIC and look for all these great resources. So thank you for your time. Thanks thanks for listening. And everybody have a great day.